This podcast contains frank discussions about sex, kink, and BDSM. If you're a consenting adult who wants to learn more about these topics, then stay tuned. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom-sub dynamic you've always fantasised about. Hello and welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Dom with me, Chief, and today I'm joined by Moano. Hello. For those who do not know, Moano and I are in a DS relationship, so I'm the Dom, Moano is the sub, and uh, Moano obviously gives some very good female perspective and sub perspective that I wouldn't have as a Dom and as a man. Today, the subject is about introducing kink into your relationship. We're going to give you some tips on how to do this some common challenges you may encounter. Hopefully it'll be very useful for all you beginners out there who are uh, interested in kink, interested in DS, but have got no real idea how to get started. Now for this episode, we're, we're assuming that you are in a relationship with someone and you have both already established that you are somewhat kinky and want to experiment, but don't know where to begin. This episode's not really about how to bring up kink to your partner if you've never spoken about it before. I would argue that it's also for someone who it's like, it might just be only the slightest little hint of kink. You might have read something when you were just starting dating on their profile that suggested that they might have a kinky side and you're just just starting to experiment with that. The first thing is, what are the challenges that we often see when you're trying to talk about kink with your partner? Some of the challenges are definitely feeling nervous that you have some sort of expectation of how to act or behave in this new kinky dynamic that you're bringing into the relationship. And also I think judgment is a big factor as well. Feeling like you're going to get kink shamed by your partner, or maybe they're going to think that you're really weird. It's being vulnerable. Potentially you're going to be saying things that they're not interested in or that they're going to look at you a different way because of what you're saying. And obviously we all fear rejection and we don't want them to suddenly turn around and go, Hey, that's so weird. I don't want to see you again. Yeah. Also, I do think that in the BDSM community have the phrase, don't yuck someone's yum. And I think that is something good to keep in mind when you're talking to someone about kink, even within an already established relationship that people are allowed to be into different things and even if it's something that might sound bizarre to you at the beginning obviously people do have diverse ranges of kinks it's really useful to get good at listening to someone without judging them because you will get situations where as Mono said someone says something and you're like that's totally not what I'm into um totally not what I'm into but you can still, if you still appreciate them as a person, you can still listen to their views and understand why they may be into that thing. If you figure out what it is about that certain kink that they like, and you're totally not into it, you can potentially come to a compromise by finding it in another way. For example, um, most people aren't into water sports. It's relatively niche, but it, it may be the turn on of being humiliated that is the turn on for that person. And therefore... As uh, as the partner, you may say, hey, that, uh, no, I'm not into that, but what other ways could we help you experience that feeling of humiliation and therefore be turned on that we would both enjoy? Can you find alternatives? 
but yeah, being able to listen to someone and not make uh, squeamish faces or or look at them in in shock when they tell you something, they are they're being vulnerable to you. So take that, be kind to them, just as you would expect them to be kind to you if you're about to admit something which is a bit, you know, a bit out there. So what other things, what other challenges do you see or think about when you're trying to talk with your partner about kicks? I still struggle with feeling quite shameful about my desires as a submissive and also as someone who grew up in a very sexually repressed upbringing. I still really struggle to say what I'm into or if I'm enjoying something. It's a big challenge to overcome. So I think that's a big one. And I'm not sure about dominance, but I feel like several submissives could probably agree with that. Oh yeah, I, I definitely don't think this is just a, a sub thing at all. I have the same thing. I was brought up to be very respectful to everyone. And so when you're in a dom role and you're taking from someone or you're being forceful with them, that goes against everything that has been programmed into my head as I was being brought up. And uh, yeah, that can be a challenge. It can be a challenge. And it, it really helps when the submissive is open with you and says, is very vocal that she enjoys that. And it almost gives you permission to do it. Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest challenges is being vocal about it, though. Like actually saying it. I actually think that writing in those sorts of instances is easier. Sometimes it's easier to text you after mm. you've done something. And really be able to say what I thought about it than in face-to-face -face, having to be like, yes, I really enjoyed when you did X, Y, Z to my body. You know, that seems really like under the microscope. Mm. I definitely agree with the texting. Even I find it easier, like saying to someone face-to-face, -face, oh, you know, I really liked the bend you over and fuck your ass. Like that, that's, it's not an easy thing to say, but to type it over text, mm. sexting is very easy. So if you do, if you are a bit nervous, then we'll talk about communication in a bit. But yeah, definitely you don't have to vocalize it with words. You can vocalize it with, well, is that vocalization if you write it down? I don't know. But yes, you can write it down or find a method that works for you to communicate with your partner about how much you liked uh, a certain thing they did or how much you liked doing a certain thing to them because that will then help train your brain that it's okay and that you have consent to do it. Otherwise, you're always going to be a little bit nervous about doing something and, and worrying that you're hurting them or they're not enjoying it. But it's definitely something that gets easier over time to be able to be more vocally communicative. Mm. Especially, but it's also things, not just I enjoyed, but what I want to do, like that one as well. It's still hard for me to be like, I want to suck your cock. I, I say it, but when I say it, I feel like I'm, I'm scrunching down as a person. It's so because it's such a turn on for me when you say it. Yeah. And yeah, it's just a real turn on for me. So hopefully me saying that's a real turn on will make you feel more comfortable about saying it, but it can still be a challenge to talk about sex in today's society. Okay. So we've got a few challenges there. Feeling nervous, feeling like you're going to be judged, feeling a bit of shame. Let's talk about some ways we can help people overcome this. Some of the things we've maybe tried or heard that other people have tried that have worked well. Have you got any suggestions? I really think that communication is a number one, but trying to communicate is 
the challenge. So it's like, how can you overcome that barrier? And I think anything that can lessen, that can help you communicate more easily is definitely beneficial. So sex menu is, I think it's extremely important, especially at the beginning when you're just starting out something to get a sense of people's kinks. It's a good way to, to talk about what you're potentially into without having this pressure that you then have to go into that right away. Mm. And just for anyone who doesn't know, a sex menu, it's a essentially a spreadsheet where you've got lots of sexual activities listed out and you rank them on a scale from hard limit to, yes, I must absolutely have that. If you're looking for one, you can find one at kinkyevents.co.uk. I think it's forward slash sex hyphen menu. But if you go onto the website and search, you'll be able to find a sex menu, which has, I think it's got about 350 items on it. It takes about a week. No, it doesn't take a week. It takes about uh, an hour to fill in. It takes, well, especially because some things, when I was first reading, I didn't actually know what it was. So then you have to go on a Google search or you have to be like, what does this mean? And then when you're told, you're like, oh, oh, I see. And sometimes it's, oh, I'm really into that and then other times it's like oh that sounds scary <laughs> i've been thinking that i want to take another look at my sex menu and perhaps reevaluate because i'm sure that some of my soft limits or some of the things that i've said that i'm less into i might be more into now that we've established that trust i've just opened up mine here and i'm just having a look at because uh, i filled it in this is March 2020, I filled in. So I'm just going to read off a few of them. So the first section is affection. So you've got things like aftercare, bath time, bed sharing, cuddles, public displays of affection. And I put those orders of five, which is I want this. So the scale I have on my menu is a hard limit. One is a soft limit. Two is a if I must. Three is a let's try it. Four is a yes, please. Five is I want this. And six is a fetish need. I absolutely have to have that. And then it goes into, we've got a section on anal play. We've got appearance, clothing, which has things like corsets, collars, cross-dressing, dressing up to please dom, fur, hairy genitals, latex, leather, lingerie. There's so much on here. And if you do happen to download a copy and you have something that you really enjoy that's not on here, please do email me at chief at kinkyevents.co.uk because I like to keep this updated and add as much as I can on here. Is cock warming on there? Because that's like my favorite activity of all time. And Let's have a look. I, it's so niche that I think that it might not be on there. It's not. I'm sure we have uh, cock sucking. Yeah, which is not but the same cock thing. Cock warming. Do you want to give it, what, how would you explain cock warming to the uninitiated? This is a whole other topic because it's seriously. Yeah, I mean, it, we could do a whole topic on it. We really could because my mouth's already salivating. Um, <laughs> cock warming. Have lovey in there. Yeah. You've been conditioned. I really have been conditioned. Which is great for me. That's good. Because I think it's a bit like... Oh, I love it. Good. Because um, each... Sorry, but if sorry. any guys any guys listening to this and you've got a partner who loves sucking your cock at any time, they are not going to not want that. That is the dream. I get embarrassed about it though because if we're just sitting and watching TV and I'm like, I want to be sucking your cock right now. Anyway, cock warming is basically keeping your cock in my mouth without necessarily the intention to turn it into oral sex. It's just having something in my mouth to play with. And it's actually very soothing. 
Mm, it's a relaxation. It's relaxing, it? but it, it does also turn me on at the same time. It's good. I highly recommend to anyone who hasn't done cock warming to give it a try. 10 out of 10 would recommend. All right. So we've got one exercise there, which is the sex menu. Any other tips that you can share of how we get over this nervousness, shame, judgment, and better communicate with our partners about what we're into? Okay. I know that we did this before where we showed each other a porn that we were, that we enjoyed. And then you have to explain why you found it a turn on. Sometimes it's difficult to see why someone's into a porn. It feels really commercialized a lot of the times. But then if you then ex explain what's turning you on about it, what excites you, then it makes me more intrigued and invested in it that I'm like, okay, like I can see how he likes that specific situation and how the energy is or how they've done some position. I do think that we generally share it with each other to, to get the other person excited into whatever it is that we're watching, mm. which is why it's useful in this sort of sense to get over that sort of nervousness or judgment that you may feel at the beginning mm. if you're just starting out with the with someone else it's actually quite useful to share that and explain why and that helps the person just get an insight into what it is that you actually like and you can say also conversely what you don't like you're like okay i like this this porn scene but i actually really hate when they do this and it doesn't have to be necessary videos I, I like to share images quite a lot with you. Certainly, mm -hmm. I think we used to quite a bit on WhatsApp, black and white, arty, porn. Of course, do not send a pornographic image to a person that you've not, <laughs> has not consented to receive it. So I'm talking, this is not after a first date. Consent underpins all of this, right? So I, we, we are comfortable sharing images with each other, which is why we do it. But once you have that, you can always share an image and say, what do you think of this? If it's something that you haven't tried before, should we try it? Uh, can we recreate this position? <laughs> yeah. 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 How flexibly yeah. <laughs> can you get your head, your legs over your head? And it, and as you said earlier, it can be erotic fiction as well. Yeah, that's my specialty. I'm quite the bookworm. And that's actually how I got into kink was through erotica. Yeah. And all of this as well goes back to our early point. When you're sharing it, receive it with an open mind. Mm -hmm. Don't get offended with them for liking that. Yeah. Because then you're shutting them down and they're going to be less open to sharing things with you in the future. And it is vulnerable. It's, it's still yeah. vulnerable even to share something that someone else has created that you enjoy and to send that to your partner and be like, hey, this is arousing and here's why. But I do think it's really helpful, especially in a new dynamic, helping you discover what the other person is into. So yeah, I think that was, that was two tips there. So create a sex menu share erotic fiction, porn, imagery that you both like. When you're doing this, we talked about establishing a judgment-free zone. Mm -hmm. This is really important, especially if you are in a dom-sub relationship where there is a power dynamic at play. This judgment-free zone and where you're wanting to share things with your partner, drop the dynamic. Yeah, that's important. Make sure you're both equal. Because if you're in a submissive position, you're going to, you already feel potentially obligated, 
yeah, obligated to say, yes, yeah. I would like to try that if the DOM gives you an activity that you want to try. Mm. So level the power dynamics before you have these kind of conversations. Do it outside of the bedroom. And actually, one of the best places to have a conversation like this is when you're out on a walk. Psychologically, there's something where if both people are facing forwards, it makes them more likely to speak because you're literally moving forward. So it keeps both people more open and receptive to having conversations. It's really interesting. I've not heard that. Yeah, yeah. I guess it helps as well because you're not looking directly at them. It's less. So it's less concentrational. So you can always put something out there and you don't have to yeah. watch the horror in their yeah, eyes. Yeah. Or their, yeah, you can't see their reaction. That's so true. But it's also, it's less confrontational and it's a, what do you say? It's neutral. It's new. Thank yeah, you. It's a neutral, yeah, neutral, neutral territory. Ground. You're not yeah. like, yeah. I mean, like the worst time to do this would be before sex. Like when you're mm. both in bed about to have sex. That would be terrible. After sex. Can Perhaps. be all right if you get the mood right, and especially talking not about right after, not right after, yeah. no, because you're probably a bit zoned out. But yeah, discussing Perfect. what you just did, yes, a little bit after yeah. sex is good. Not right after. Don't start doing a out of ten points. You, you got a yeah. Hold up the scorecard. Yeah, yeah. Pillow talk is great, but then after pillow talk, after you've had that moment where you can consider yourself out of the moment that's when you can then mm. be like okay what did you actually think yeah and you tend to be quite open because you're, you're both at a yeah. vulnerable place anyway there but again it's very much mood dependent if you're not very good at reading non-verbal language and you've had sex and the person maybe didn't really enjoy it and you're not very good at picking up on that that again would be the worst time to bring out oh we should try this next time because the person is still processing what they whether they liked what you just did must be feeling a bit defensive. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely agree with your point. Do this outside. Go and walk or sit on a park bench and have it in a neutral space. And then as you get more comfortable and the, you build up the trust, then you can start potentially. On the sofa after you've just watched a show. Yeah. You know, something like that. There could be things that you're like, oh, I'm actually not interested in that. And then you have to compromise within like, how necessary is that for you to have a a fulfilling DS dynamic because if it's extremely important then you might have to consider getting that sort of fulfillment in another way but if it's something that you could compromise on and be like okay it's actually not a big deal if we don't do this I'm perfectly fine leaving it out or just keep it to my own masturbation like fantasies yeah it's okay to say no it's okay to say you're not interested mm. in something when we're talking about being open and non-judgmental that does not mean saying yes to your partner at all times you can say, hey, that's, that's not my thing, but I'd, I'm really interested to hear more about what it, what it does for you. What about it do you like? Actually, I think for an exercise, that would be helpful. When you're filling out a sex menu, you don't just leave it at that. You then look at each other's menus. You take a moment and you can either do it one by one down the whole list. That might take some time. So bring snacks because it's actually quite comprehensive do it over a dinner go out for a nice dinner yeah <laughs> take your list print out your lists <laughs> don't be sitting next to and make people, sure it's the empty restaurant but you can do it one by one and just okay what score did you prefer this one and but i actually think it'd be nice to be like what were your top like five but also where i'm going with this point is to bring up the ones that you really don't like i'll be like ooh. I, when I read this, it really put me off. And to discuss your hard limits, but also 
than the ones that are you're questioning. You're like, I can only think of two very specific situations where I would find this appealing. I think you could have a more well-rounded conversation if you bring up your limits. Knowing what they don't like is almost more important than knowing what they like. Because if they told you explicitly, these are the things I will not do, then it's almost like everything else you, in a way you can experiment or bring up or at least talk about. Mm -hmm. But if they've absolutely said, no, that's absolutely a hard limit, never want to discuss that or that it's a massive turnoff, then it, it just really helps and you're never going to bring it up. But I think it's really important that once you do try something new, you discuss it mm -hmm. afterwards. Just ask your partner, what did they like about it? Did they like it? What didn't they like? What can you do to improve it? We often have those conversations and they're not very formal or structured at this point. But even now, you'll text me the day after you'll be like, hey, what did you think about last night? And then I already know that we're going to be talking about what we liked, what we didn't, what we can improve on. It's actually a pretty good three-point conversation. Be open to feedback as well, yeah. which often I do it. I get defensive about feedback. I think everyone, mm. it's a, like inbuilt into our psychology to not like when someone is saying things we can improve, but get over it. It's really important to be able to hear that. It's important, especially when, if we start going into impact play or things that are, can be more harmful to the sub in any sort of sense. I've been like pain, of course, but also it could be one of those psychologically charged moments where if you say a phrase in the moment, perhaps I actually really did like it or maybe it took me out of things out of the moment a bit i know like we just got a new vlogger a few weeks ago and there's a learning curve to a new vlogger because the length is different the weight is different it's a learning curve but that's good feedback and i'm not criticizing it's not like i'm i'm not enjoying what you're doing to me but it's oh yeah we need to we need to practice this a bit more for it to be more enjoyable and so that i'm not feeling like tense in the moment mm -hmm. Let's do a few more quick tips. Try to have no expectations when you're trying out a new kink. Don't worry if it doesn't work out. That's absolutely fine. You will try things and not like them. It's great to set a time limit mm -hmm. on new activities as well. This can help really relieve anxiety. If you say, look, we're going to do this thing. Neither of us really know if we like it or one person really likes it. The other doesn't or isn't sure about it. We're going to just do it for five minutes. And then we'll have a chat. Did we like it or not? Because otherwise, if your partner's going into something, they're indifferent about the kink, but they know you really enjoy it. So they're doing it on your behalf. They don't want to be there for two hours. Yeah. They, they may not know how long you want to do it for. So set that expectation up front. Keep it nice and short. Don't be offended if the partner doesn't like it or it doesn't work out. At the end of the day, just have fun and play. This is about play. Yeah, I think that's actually a really important point. This shouldn't feel like a really high pressured situation. It's just two people enjoying their time with each other and putting all on this dynamic. There will be times where the dynamic is taken off and then it's just back to being two people just going about their daily lives. There shouldn't be some expectation to be the supermodel of submissiveness or this master dom that you see in all the fancy Hollywood productions. Just have some fun. Mm. It's, it's just adding a layer on top of your relationship that you already have. You may start with 10 minutes of slightly rougher sex mm -hmm. once a week. 
And you could still call yourself a Dom because in that moment you are amplifying the power dynamic. One person is choosing to submit and the other person is choosing to be in control. I get people emailing into me who expect to be this, they've got this image in their head of what this Dom should look like. And they're aiming towards that. And I say to them, no, what is your personality? What's your natural personality? What do you want a Dom to be? Forget the label Dom. What kinky things do you want to do with your partner? that put you in a more powerful position and they're in a more submissive position. That is what being a dom is about. It's not being this uh, caricature. Yeah. We've discussed talking about kinks with your partner and some tips if you're going to try them out. Let's move more into the dom sub side of things because kink and DS are not necessarily the same. Mm -hmm. So as I've explained, dom sub is where one person wants to be the dom, the more dominant one, the one in, in control and the submissive submits to them. If someone wants to give this a go, what tips would you say for people starting out? Because it's so focused on the power dynamic that you can set a couple basic rules together. Maybe start out with three rules that you both agree that you want to add into your dynamic. So these are rules that the dominant is effectively setting and you're setting together and then the submissive complies complies and follows yeah and also maybe add a couple punishments in there and discuss them actually be like this is the rule that we have and if this isn't followed through with our expectation then this is the punishment that would result mm -hmm. have you got some basic rules that we could give to to the listeners if they want to try this out a basic rule that is easy to implement from the beginning is thanking the dominant for any orgasm that you get. And why I think this rule is so good is because you don't have to wait for a specific moment where this rule will come into place. Like it naturally comes into place. If you get an orgasm, then you just say thank you right after, as soon as you can breathe again. Mm. Yeah, it's a clear marker when the yeah. thing should be done and it's not ambiguous. Yes. You could do it when you're remote as well. So if you play with yourself, you have to message the dorm afterwards to say, I just had an orgasm. Or even getting slightly more advanced is ask for permission before you play with yourself. If we're thinking outside the bedroom, so more people are into more of the service orientated submissive, anything that would be good there. Yeah, I make the bed. There's obviously a clear moment when it needs to get done, when the bed is unmade. Mm. You make the bed. Mm -hmm. So after sex, after a night's sleep, and it's, yeah, that's obviously a pretty basic service-oriented activity that does highlight the power dynamic. Mm. But I was just thinking of one that is filling up your water glass. If we're out and about, that's one that we've done. A restaurant. Yeah. Something. Yeah, making sure that you always have a drink. Yeah. And just to clarify, these aren't things that turn me on sexually. It's not the fact, it's not the act of making the bed. That I'm like, yeah, and like how it makes me want to. <laughs> bed yeah, so it's not that. It's more because it's amplifying the power dynamic. But, yeah. That, that is the turn on. And it, it's not always, it's not, I'm, I'm not always watching you do it. It's just nice. I go up after maybe you've left and I go, oh, the bed's, that's no, nice. Uh, bed looks nice that's great and it just makes me remember the, that the we're, in a we're in it yeah the dynamic that we're in and it does the same for me as well and like doing those little things 
folding your clothes, the more service oriented things, they are not turning me on, mm. but I enjoy taking that moment to just recall my submissive position in the dynamic. Yeah. I talk about this in my book, Sensational Scenes, which you can pick up a copy of the ebook at um, kinkyevents.co.uk. But for me, I really like the mental aspects of dominance and it's little things like this that just bring back all the memories of the submission and the, the dynamic. Don't make it ambiguous as to when the rule should be executed. We've made the mistake of having quite vague rules. Mm -hmm. If they're too ambiguous, you forget to do them. I, I would forget to enforce them as the dominant. And um, if the submissive doesn't really know that she's meant to be doing them or you don't know you're meant to be doing it, then I can't really justify punishment. And if I yeah. forget, forget you're meant to do it, then you'll feel let down because they didn't punish. Yeah, that's, that's a shame. And I think that is where that's one of the troubleshooting points because there are moments that if a rule is for, forgotten or punishment is not enforced, then it weakens the dynamic ever so slightly. But it's, oh, I actually, I didn't get punished. If you do not tell me that you've orgasmed, then I'm going to spank you, for example. If that then doesn't get enforced to the submissive, that weakens a bit. It's not as, it's not as exciting anymore. There's no risk to not Yeah, 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 yeah. So keep the rules simple. That's why we've given you those really basic ones to start out. Making the bed and thanking the person for your orgasm. There's a few tips there. Hopefully you find those useful. Let's move on now to some other issues that we see if you're starting out in kink and DS. The biggest one is just struggling to open up. Hopefully the exercises we've given you above will help you share your kinks. Second thing is life gets in the way. Things happen, dynamic gets dropped. Maybe you can only spend 10 minutes a day doing it. Don't think this has to be this big thing in your life. I wouldn't do this if it were not something I enjoyed. The moment it becomes something that's unenjoyable, it's, it's, yeah, like this is all in a little bit of fun. It's not this like super solemn experience. One further common issue is thinking that all sex you have has to be DS. Think of it in, in a percentage wise, how much of your relationship do you want to be a DS dynamic? It may just be what percentage of sex do you want to be DS? Don't assume hundred percent of every single session you do has to involve pain and ropes and whips and floggers and anal and forced scenes. It does not. You can still have lazy morning, Sunday cuddle sex, and you will be no less of a dog yourself. Yes, that's true. But there are still some moments though in everyday sex that sometimes I feel like the power dynamic just naturally gets heightened. It comes out. Bring it. Yeah, yeah. Because we've been doing it. So it just bleeds over and that doesn't like lessen the dynamic either. Mm -hmm. Just because in the sex, there was one moment where you held my wrists or something that doesn't automatically mean that it was just like a weak scene. It's just us having sex that just happens to have a little bit of yeah. hint of it's almost more erotic when it's normal sex and then you throw in an element yeah. of DS. Yeah. Like we're having spooning sex and it's just all very sleepy and then maybe I'll put my hand around your throat or yeah, like, something like that. Yeah. So you can just make it that quick moment to emphasize the power dynamic, put someone in a slightly submissive mindset and then just go back to regular sex. Don't think the whole relationship has to be dormant up the whole time. 
I hope you have found that useful. Those were our tips for discussing kink with your partner, bringing DS and kink into your relationship. If you have found these useful, then please do go to kinkyevents.co.uk. There's lots of different articles about all different aspects of DS, all for beginners. You can sign up for the mailing list as well and hear loads more tips and keep up to date with what myself and Mono are up to. Thank you very much for listening. And until thank next you. time, and thank you, Mono. Uh, lots of love and spanks, and we'll uh, see you next time. Bye. You're listening to Chief from kinkyevents.co.uk, helping you create the dom sub dynamic you've always fantasized about.